You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Damn. Pim. Pim. Damn. Today we're going to talk about these two solutions that is both uh, very relevant for a marketeer and how they relate to each other uh, when you need one or the other or um, also look at some applications of it, uh, some practical applications of how these these can work together. So um, without further ado, uh, today we have Binder, our partner Binder as guests and uh, we're going to really look into these areas. So um, let's get on with the talk. So today I'm very happy to have Case and Julien from um, Binder here as a guest at PIM Talk. So welcome. Thanks, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. And uh, today we're going to talk a lot about PIM and DAM, but before we dive right into all the interesting um, topics around that, uh, maybe you could just start to introduce yourself a little bit. So, Case, who are you? Yes. Thank you, Thomas. My name is Case Hennepoff, and I run Demand Generation for Binder Globally. Right. And uh, Julian? So, I'm Julian Matsis, and uh, I'm in charge of partnerships for Binder in Europe, and was previously a sales engineer at Binder for four years. Okay. Cool. So, uh, Pim and Dam, you know, I've also been sales engineer for a number of years and being out meeting customers. And um, sometimes there are some confusion about uh, what a Pim is, what a Dam is, when, uh, what is the potential overlap. And in some cases, it's almost there. It can be a competition when it comes to. Uh, do they have a budget for both? Uh, it can be different stakeholders that find something is more urgent than the other ones. I don't know. Do you have the same experiences that it can be like that when you're out meeting customers? Well, I guess for having met uh, a few hundred customers over the last few years, uh, yes. So the, there is definitely, we see the market maturing a lot in the last few years. Whereas historically, PIMs have been around for, I would say, much longer time and you really see that the dam historically used to be more just the library component of any pim application mm. so within a pim as you're familiar with you know you always have an area where you can manage the images or videos even of your products uh, 
but what we see is in the last few years, as content becomes more and more key, uh, you know, the multitude of content that you need to produce, you need to localize and so on, the management of this content is becoming more professional and you have whole teams and jobs being created today which didn't necessarily exist or at least didn't have such importance 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm. And therefore, that's where the dam is becoming more of its own uh, need in itself and not just being a sort of sub-component of these, these platforms. Yeah, because that that is also, as you say, sub-component, uh, you know, in marketing and uh, that kind of... Um, things you you can sometimes see that you know that as you say that dam should be a, a small small piece of what pim is that that is just you know managing your resources why pim where you manage all the product information but on the other hand you know i've also seen material when they say that dam is you know managing all kinds of digital assets and pim is just the ones that concerns the product so 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 that's one of the questions here is one a subset of the other or should we see it in another way? Yeah, maybe if, if I can add, I think um, what is also playing into this topic is that uh, due to uh, trends like digital transformation and the proliferation of e-commerce, both in um, enterprise to consumer, but also business to business, all of these systems that are used to manage websites and e-commerce um, and then social media outreach it's all being integrated, and, and this is also ultimately a question of automation. So if you want these systems to talk together, it's not really about, you know, what's coming from the dam, what's coming from the PIM. It's like, what is the experience that we create on the website when we try to get our audience to understand who we are, what we have to offer, and then go from that communication situation to a more transactional situation where the visual is actually helping sell the items. Right, so selling on the internet kind of brings everything together, uh, and therefore these systems also uh, have been kind of come together in how they're being bought and how they're being experienced by the audiences. Mm. Yeah, I know one one sales situation uh, a number of years ago. It was, uh, I know it was our former CEO that told it that there, there was a situation where the uh, the customer that they couldn't really decide on whether they should invest in a PIM or in a dam. And in that situation, he he um, he asked them the question: So, what are you actually selling? Are you selling pictures? Well, no, you're selling products, so you you, sh you should have a system that allows you managing products. <laughs> so, so and. Uh, and they they went for a pim that time, but uh, as you said, I mean the things uh, has changed a lot when it comes to what these different systems are. And I mean there, I guess there also is you know both when it comes to if you're going to invest in a pim or in a dam or in some other kind of systems. There's a good point here, Thomas, in what you just mentioned. Um, th that's interesting, actually. Are you selling products or images? And I guess of course you always sell a product. Yeah. Yet the the trend that's happening in the last 10, 15 years as we all experience it is that more and more of the purchasing decisions are, I guess, the percentage of purchasing decisions depending on media is just completely increasing. Like more and more you're going to make a purchasing decision, you know, on your laptop uh, or with what you see on your phone or with an ad mm. and the media component, so the whether it's the image or the video more and more, 
is becoming the key element which will trigger a purchase. So yes, you always sell a product, but what's happening and what didn't happen in traditional marketing that much, you know, uh, maybe until 15, 20 years ago, is that the drive of the purchasing decision came less from the media. Therefore, the media needs its own space today in order to be fully managed with a whole bunch of features which were not even relevant yeah 15 10 years ago mm. yeah that's true and uh, i think also i mean uh, depending on your company your needs what you want to accomplish in your channel there is um, a point in time where your needs are uh, of that caliber that that you you need better system support in order to to do a good job and um, i don't know looking at a dam or a PIM. Sometimes we say that the PIM is like a CRM for products, uh, where you keep all your product information in one place and have processes around that. Um, would you say that the DAM is a PLM for media to uh, produce and maintain the life cycle of your media assets? Or yeah, completely agree with the with that statement actually, because um, so the the shortcut to DAM in the very I would say minimalistic way you can view it is oh, we manage the media in the dam that's you know just a nice place to manage media but actually that's not at least for us at binder the the vision we had with our product it needs to be much more than just managing it goes from the content creation to its distribution and management is just in the middle of that. Mm. And so uh, a modern dam system should not only efficiently uh, manage your content or store it, but we, we need to develop ways, for example, workflows so that um, people can come in, launch, manage content creations, you get the right approvals done by the right people at the right time before the assets are even fully stored and have visibility in the dam. On the other end, uh, most of the content companies store today is so critical because there's rules around how this content need, needs to be used. So you can have a great system, but if the rules are not associated in there, if you don't have the right style guides to teach your, your partners, your different markets, your different brands, how the content that's stored in the dam should be used, then the dam is useless. Mm. So you need to have all these components, uh, from the workflows, the creation, the style guides, the relevant connectors to social media, to product systems, etc., to distribute it efficiently. And therefore, a dam is not just, you know, uh, posh or uh, fancy storage. It's truly a product lifecycle management for your media. So completely agree with that. But what would you say? When do you need a dam and when can you manage without it? What we've seen a lot... Uh, over the years so because now we we really have this trend that's happening where the dam projects that come in what we see a lot at binder here there's a lot of joint projects so more and more you have people who come to us and say hey we're revamping our uh, marketing or you know just ecosystem in general and we have a joint dam and pim project or sometimes even pim and dam and cms project you know completely reviewing the whole stack and we want more modern applications so we're part of these projects in a, in a growing amount of ways and what you see is when why wasn't it the case before and why is it the case now i'll, I'll take simple examples but you know you're let's say a, a car manufacturer like aston martin you know they launch a car they spend 
tons of effort, years, you know, around this new car. It's a big deal for them and they're going to launch it across markets and so on. But, you know, when, when your assets are being produced and they're going to need to be stored in your PIM and so on, they want to make sure that, you know, the right embargoes are in place so that the assets don't start propagating themselves on markets before the car is supposed to be released, before you've made your communication. And you have this whole orchestration of different components of your marketing that need to take place at a synchronized time. And the dam definitely does add over the years these uh, risk mitigation features that you wouldn't necessarily just have in a PIM. Mm. And one point that you mentioned before, which was really interesting, is the, the PIM is, of course, there if the assets you would store in a PIM, the digital assets would be the assets relating to these products. But the assets that an organization manages as a whole are not just the product or commerce related assets. An organization today, and I will let Kay speak to that, but you know, branding is becoming key. So the DAM is there to not only allow you to manage your commerce assets, but you have, you know, everything that's going to be relating to your marketing, your campaigns, your branding assets. All of that also has its own uh, management and needs to be managed alongside the commerce assets in the dam. And that's the, the vision that we have is to fulfill the need of all these uh, components. One thing case that, that you mentioned when we talked before was, uh, um, yeah, you, you were on pinpoint, uh, also, uh, talking about, uh, user cases and, uh, and we had a presentation when we talked about what, what different personas or stakeholders we meet when we go out and um, present uh, the PIM. And uh, you said that some of these was the same that you face when you go out uh, selling a dam, but there were some differences as well. So maybe you could tell a little bit more about that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, when, when I saw the presentation at, uh, at Pinpoint, that was a bit of an eye-opener for me as well to understand how PIM and DAM uh, relate to one another. There's an overlap where both the visual product and the product information have the same purpose. And that is, you don't want to make a mistake about the visuals you show and the information you share when someone is looking for a specific, uh, specific product. So you can call this product management, product information management. It has a, an information uh, side and it also has a visual side. But then when you want to go to market and try to get to your target audience and try to get them to engage with your content to eventually make the purchase, um, you have, to Julian's point, there's a brand, brand assets you need to manage. There's campaign assets you need to manage. Uh, you want to make sure that across all the different channels that you use when you interact with your audiences, you have the right visuals, the right information. Um, and then uh, eventually, when it comes to your product information uh, and your e-commerce, there's the product assets. So everything around marketing management, product marketing management, um, campaign management, digital marketing management, we share. But then for you guys in the PIM, you know, you, you look at product information and you look at batches and you look at all the different specifics around versions and, um, um, and batches in the uh, campaign marketing side of things, you know, there's also a lot of brand and communications involved in campaign management for marketing. Mm. So, um, and, you know, and this is also how we see people adopt the dam. So it's really about what issue 
are we trying to solve with this system that will pull people in the direction of brand management. So typically fewer assets, but extremely strategic and important, like the logo, templates, uh, all kinds of uh, brand marketing assets or campaigns, usually a bit shorter, more assets, omni-channel, uh, ready for local teams, agencies, dealers to pick up and run with, uh, or product assets, you know, these, these hundreds of thousands to millions of assets feeding into trade systems, e-commerce systems, any kind of system you use to disseminate the product information uh, on the visual level. But could you say that, I mean, usually it's it's mostly the commerce uh, part that drives uh, the need for PIM. It's uh, the e-commerce, it's the syndication needs and so on. So, I mean, um, the, the e-commerce people generally very much involved uh, in the PIM product. Marketing also, but I don't think uh, the branding part of marketing is usually not that heavenly involved in the in the pin products but i guess they are um, a greater part of of the dam exactly it's it's very true i mean every single instance of meetings we've been to here um at binder the meetings where we have dam and pim uh, and you go and you pitch your product or your joint value along with your PIM partner in River, for example, um, you go there and around the table, you're going to have commerce people in there. So when there is a joint PIM and DAM project, and you, it's always going to be commerce-related people there. Uh, and that's why we say there definitely is a crossover in the buyers of PIM and DAM. Uh, there is a crossover and then at another end of the spectrum there we have a lot of dam buyers for example who will never even see what PIM is etc because they see the dam just purely for the branding or the creatives you know like creatives and branding people may have dam needs that are completely different from the dam needs of a commerce team and that's why in many organizations today they have sometimes multiple dams one may be more focused on the branding and campaign materials, for instance, and another one may be focused fully for the, you know, feeding of the, the commerce materials. You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And uh, we will get back to you after this short break to continue talk to Julian and Case at Binder about PIM and DAM. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. Our experience and when we look at the market and what we see, the solutions uh, with customers that it's, it's, I mean, of course, certain things that you can do with a PIM cover some 
dam requirements that you can store all the pictures in one place. Maybe you can create different uh, sizes and formats. And in the dam system, you can create metadata around the images that could be product information and so on. But it's um, what I've seen so far is that, I mean, it's hard to to do both things like really, really good. And I think also if you look at the market, um, when it comes to PIM companies, they, they have different origins. Uh, there are, you know, uh, PIMs out there that has an e-commerce background that is bundled with an e-commerce solution or that is, uh, comes from the print area from the beginning and, and then started to add some channel stuff. Uh, there are examples of companies coming from syndication and then goes into PIM. And there has also been companies that, um, that also had a kind of a damn background and so on. Um, I would say that we come more from a, a pure PIM background and has uh, chosen to, to really focus on being a, a best possible PIM platform from the beginning. And uh, what have been your journey there? Have you also looked into, you know, should we be a, a dam or should we be something more or? Yeah, there is, it's a very, very good point. You know, like the, the market is shifting over the last two decades from these massive solutions or tech companies who were like an all-in-one, you know, uh, which was great for many years because technology was very expensive to develop. It was very complicated to do. So you needed skills, money, budget, and so on. So you have tons of companies which are like these first generation softwares. They come in, they say, we do PIM, DAM, CRM, whatever you want, we package it in there. And as technology becomes more accessible, cloud-based, easier to use, cheaper to deploy, and so on, you now have this whole ecosystem popping up of vendors which are specialized in an area. And even with what you said, it's interesting because in the dam space now, what we see at Binder, the whole dam space or the dam vendors all have different backgrounds. You have some who used to be PIM and then they realized that oh, we're not as competitive in there anymore. So let's just try to fully focus on dam. You have some who are doing something else and now they come in this space. And at Binder, it was pretty much uh, what makes us unique today. And what's been the reason for our success is that we're a design driven company. Binder actually used to be an agency which built apps and websites for uh, customers in the Benelux region and very beautiful customer experiences. And over time, building all these uh, websites and apps for these customers, uh, the guys at the agency realized, well, we always get asked for better ways to share the content we need to build these apps, uh, better ways to share the latest logos, be better ways to share, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, videos we need to use and so on. So they thought actually, uh, you know, WeTransfer is not doing it. Dropbox isn't just the experience they want. So they built this sort of like very neat and nice, fresh looking interface to start sharing things with their customers. And eventually there you had it, the customers were becoming more interested in buying this solution than just the apps and websites. And there you have a company starting. And that's been our origin in the space. Uh, and I, I truly think it's also for, we've been here for, for a few years now and we've seen the, the rise of the company. Uh, we, what we see and what people love today in the marketing technology space, you need to be customer friendly. You need to bring the 
consumer experience to businesses. People are tired of working on softwares that just, you know, make them feel like they're having a bad day. You know, it's a, it's just as simple as that. And, and the products that will survive the 21st century, the products of the future, and it's not us saying, it's just the market in general, are the design-driven products. If you're not a design-driven product, doesn't matter what feature you have, what business problem you solve, people just won't be happy with it. And if people are not happy, they're not going to log back in and they're not going to enjoy it. And ultimately, you you will suffer a lot in the marketplace. So um, do you have any like customer cases that you could talk a little bit about how they work with them or how they work with PIM and them uh, together? Yeah, so I uh, I like uh, two recent ones uh, that we've been um, that we've been writing about and, and creating some content around. First one is Klarna, which is an, um, a fintech from the Nordics uh, in the in the banking space um, in the uh, in the e-commerce space. Uh, and Klarna, you know, coming from literally nowhere, um, grew as a brand within a few years. And and you can imagine this type of technology. Uh, for making online payments is is growing like wildfire on the web um, and within a few years build the build the brand we're extremely uh, aggressive around creating a brand identity with with big investments uh, in in, um, in creative in all kinds of campaigning in brand initiatives uh, and growing globally very quickly uh, and there you see it's one of the use cases that we see quite often a high growth, global expansion, M&A activity, everywhere where it's not straightforward to be consistent in how you go to market and around your brand, um, and where it's not straightforward that there's trust in the market. You know, new technology, fintech, there's a lot going on there. So you want to project a brand identity that is very consistent, very predictable, yet very differentiated. And that's when these brands come to Binder. Um, and they've adopted it, you know, exemplary well uh, and a beautiful story. And another very similar one is Zendesk. Um, a, 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 again, a technology company from the US. Um, they also did mergers acquisitions, were growing quickly, uh, but noticed that their brand differentiation uh, in the market versus their competition were kind of um, uh, slowing things down a bit or making it more difficult for all stakeholders to position Zendesk clearly. So they went out and they created an extremely creative differentiating brand identity, uh, but then rolling it out across all the global subsidiaries was very challenging because they were afraid that uh, parts of it would kind of uh, be lost internationally. So they used Binder really to the max, both um, the, the digital asset management system, but also brand guidelines to make sure that they had a brand portal where all the local teams and all the local agencies and service providers could log in and get the latest and greatest assets in the new brand identity. And in doing so, they're ensuring a global, uh, globally consistent identity, which makes it easy for them to execute on the strategy. And then the last one, I think, um, which is a good example of how DAM and PIM work together between Binder and InRiver is uh, is Bacardi. I was hoping, Julian, maybe you can uh, talk a bit about Bacardi case. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because um, I know also that there there is a solution on the InRiver marketplace uh, that 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 is an integration in between uh, InRiver and Binder, and uh, um, Bacardi is a joint customer. So it would be a little bit interesting to know more about how that setup is and and how it works uh, when our solutions are collaborating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, it's a very, I would say, best-in-class example of how companies modernize themselves and digitize uh, their marketing activities today. Uh, Bacardi was using systems of these, like you know, first generation, uh, wanted to try to see if they could bring a sort of best-of-breed approach. What you were talking about before, Thomas, and so they went to market. And often what companies or especially large companies today are a bit afraid of is I have this all in one solution. So it's easy. It's all there, but it's not the latest and greatest. Going best of breed is a challenge. It can be scary sometimes to make the step because, you know, you're going to need to integrate this. And in every customer conversation, when you use the word integration, it's the trendy word, but it's the scary one. Uh, everyone knows you. it's being used all over the place by people who know nothing about it, etc., etc. So is it going to work is the big question. Uh, so actually what Bacardi did very well is, and that's what we see as a very high success criteria today, they go to a trusted what we call integration partner. So they're working with this integration partner called APAM, uh, which is a leader in the marketplace today. And they tell them, look, we have this project. We want to modernize our marketing activities. We need a new PIM, a new DAM, modern stuff. Just go out there and get us the best. Luckily, we were chosen. Uh, and then basically, EPAM's role is to make sure the two systems coordinate. So the, the user journey that you today have and that actually they wanted to have is, you know, you're going to launch, let's say, a new product. So they have countless brands at Bacardi, countless markets they operate on. Um, you launch a new drink somewhere. Basically, you need the product record to be created by someone whose job is to log in every day to the PIM. But then you're going to need assets which are going to be created for this uh, new product. The person whose job it is to manage the content production of these assets will probably never have to ever log into the PIM. Yet the job they're going to do is going to be a heavy component of what lives in the PIM. And that's where you've got the, the crossover, you know, completely different people, different users, but what they do needs to like just be streamlined into one operation. So the product is created in the PIM. At the same time, the content production request is launched in the DAM in a workflow area where the job is happening. As soon as the assets relating to this new product are finalized, approved by the right people and so on, there is an automatic trigger between our systems, which means that you have a new asset for this product, which is now approved. Therefore, the asset automatically flows and can now be found in the InRiver PIM under the right product record without anyone ever having to download the asset and then re-upload it in the other system. That's the connection that we have today. So the asset flows along to the PIM, along with a bit of metadata that it's been enriched with uh, during the creation process. And the fine thing we have today is that the integration also comes back. So not only is it the DAM sending to the PIM some information, but the PIM has valuable information 
that can also be useful for users who will only access the assets in the DAM. So, for example, you might have a SKU code, you might have, uh, I don't know, a different, let's say, a price point, or you have elements which only are recorded as one central source, um, master data, it's called. So, master data that's in the PIM, which may be useful in the DAM. Um, so in the PIM, you're going to manage all these, you know, hundreds of product records or product metadata. But in the DAM, you may only have 20 or 30 elements which are relevant. So the connection allows uh, this metadata from the PIM to go back into the DAM. And therefore, the two basically different categories of users in the within the company at Bacardi, you're going to have people whose daily jobs are to go inside the PIM, benefit from a bit of information coming from the DAM, but they also have all their marketing campaign operations who never have to log into the PIM, but only to the DAM, but will benefit from receiving a bit of information fed from the PIM. So that's trying to really summarize it in a very simplistic way, but you get the idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really cool. Then you have, I mean, two solutions where different users, they 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 work they have an environment that supports uh, the different things that they need to do in a, in a good way uh, but also that they can benefit from each other's works um the content that they produce and also have a, a seamless experience uh, when it comes to to how that data flows back and forth so i think it's a really good example of um of how these systems can work with each other. And, um, and, uh, I think Bacard is a really cool case, uh, that you have done here. Yeah. What's really satisfying, I would say for us down the road is that now being vendors who have been here for a few years, who get recognized uh, by, by, you know, the foresters, the gardeners and so on. Like, what's really pleasant is to see these customers, uh, who a year or two into the product tell you, is just fantastic that we're now able to truly be more competitive on the marketplace. We have more speed, more agility, and ultimately we can talk about features all day long, but that's the biggest benefit that we truly enjoy with bringing solutions together like that, like, you know, in Riverbinder connect the two and the experience is we are faster in the marketplace today. We are more competitive. Uh, and that's truly the advantage that you bring to the table. So, um, what is the next big thing uh, within the dam space then? Um, well, within the dam space, you have, as the market is maturing, what we see is what you mentioned with PIM before. You know, everyone's got their own twist on PIM today. You've got countless solutions out there. It's the same for dam. You, you've got probably over a hundred companies who call themselves dam vendors today uh of course you know you have some which are completely different there's like a whole spectrum that's actually lining up and we are on one part of the spectrum others are on another part and we are specializing and where binder truly sees you know where we've built our success and where we want to keep on being successful in the future is to own really um the whole space around anything related to the the marketing activity. So whether it's commerce marketing, whether it's brand marketing, that's the space we want to own. So you store your assets, but also what can you do with those? And I guess that's where we're going to see very interesting developments uh, from our products. Uh, now that we've got good backing behind us, good financing in the very short term, uh, I guess there is a the next wow wave uh, for our customers and prospects to arrive, especially with what can you do with these assets? What can you create off of them? 
Yeah, well, looking forward to continue riding the wow waves uh, going further on with our best in breed solutions. So uh, it was really interesting to to have you here on the show. Thank you for sharing your thoughts about the dam and, and Pim and Dam. Thomas, can I make a, a last a shameless plug? Yes, you can. Because <laughs> uh, I, I do want to point people uh, at our annual conference on brand, which is October 10th in Amsterdam. Uh, there's still tickets available and uh, it's shaping up to be another very, very impressive agenda. So if people are interested to learn more about Binder, our upcoming products, uh, or interact with our team and customers, then they're uh, very welcome on October 10th in Amsterdam. Super. Thank you for that. Yeah, really interesting to talk and uh, let's uh, talk more some other time. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks a lot, Thomas. Will you be there? I know I will at Pinpoint Americas on September 18th. Uh, we're closing in. It's going to be on September 18th in Chicago. We have a great uh, program. Uh, you can um, follow the latest uh, product news, but also listen to uh, interesting keynotes and also customer stories. So we have several customers that will share their stories. We have Royal Brass and Hose, New Balance, CERN Industries, Johnson Controls. Uh, also, it's going to be a um, PIM Talk Live about how B2B manufacturers are preparing and thinking like B2C marketeers. Um, we're going to have Dan O'Connor visiting us again from Wera. He also has a background at Target, which I think is interesting. Uh, we have Karen Klein from uh, New Balance that works with our syndication. And also we have Mark White, an Amazon uh, consultant and professional that will talk more about how you can be successful at Amazon with your sales and marketing. So uh, I'm really excited about that. Also, we have other events uh, here. Before that, we have an event in um, Hertogenbosch in Netherlands. How will the future world of PIM impact the customer's behavior on September 10th? On September 12th, we are at Episerver Sand in Denmark. September 17th, we have a webinar about globalization with LanguageWire. Um, on the 26th of September in Malmö, uh, we have an event with Concede. Do you really need a tool for product information management? I'm going to be there as well, talking about the latest product news. Uh, we will be at Internet Retailing Conference in uh, London, October 10th, the Retail Experience Live in Helsinki on no November 6th and 7th. Um, we will be at a networking dinner in Jatacha in uh, London, November 13th with Trisons. And then next year, Pinpoint again, Pinpoint Summit 2020 in Malmö, April 1st and 2nd. Book it already now. Uh, besides all the different events, of course, we also have our trainings. Uh, we have a business consultant training in Amsterdam, October 23rd, 24th. Uh, we have in uh, Chicago both business consultant and developer trainings on October 1st and 2nd and December 3rd and 4th. In Malmö, we have business consultant and developer trainings on September 25th, 26th and on November 20th, 21st. So a lot of things going on with the trainings as well. Uh, if you are a customer, can you be trained? The answer is yes. You will be able to get trained in Stockholm, September 18th, Düsseldorf, October 23rd, 
and Malmö November 13th. And in Chicago, we also have user trainings. They are going to be on October 1st and 2nd, November 13th and 14th, and December 3rd and 4th. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips, and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers, and live streams, you can follow Pimtalk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.